Welcome to Lost in Twin Peaks. Today's episode covers the Twin Peaks mythology in Season 3, Part 12. What's going on that is somehow influenced or uh, tied into the lodge and the mythos of the show. For the spirit world, we got nothing this episode. No Red Room, no Purple World Tower, no Convenience Store, no Zone. There's some Lodge themes at work, but they're at work in Twin Peaks or uh, in Buckhorn. We don't see them in the spirit world, so to speak. For the Lodge lore, we dwell on the human side of it and the... Well, I guess you could say that in several different ways. First of all, the organizational side, how the FBI deals with this strange mythology, and then also the individual psychological side and seeing how it affects Sarah. So for the Blue Rose lore, uh, we learn that the Blue Rose squad, not coming up with the right word for it, but, you know, the Blue Rose group, they were spawned from Project Blue Book, which was the Air Force's investigation into UFOs, a real phenomenon that Frost has always been fascinated with, and which was mentioned in Season 2. Here we learn that the Blue Rose cases were the FBI's follow-up to this, organized by Gordon Cole, and Philip Jeffries was his partner in this, and he recruited Albert Cooper and Desmond as his agents after that. And, of course, as Albert notes, all of these other agents have disappeared except for him. So I don't know how happy Tammy should be about being incorporated into this club, but she is very happy. This is Frost's spin on the concept of the Blue Rose, which was brought up by Lynch in Fire Walk With Me. And at that time, it was a total abstraction. I think almost the point of it was that you couldn't know what it was, you know, when they would say, that's the Blue Rose, we can't talk about that. I don't think the idea was so much that it's this supernatural mystery that's top secret as it was there's an element to this narrative that's inexplicable. It's going to remain a mystery. And I guess you could say Judy is that in Firewalk with me as well. But Blue Rose, we get a very straightforward info dump here. It's fun. It's enjoyable. In a way, this feels like Frost's initiation into the Firewalk with me, Lord, as much as Tammy's. He's making this world his own as well. Now, on the other hand, the Sarah Palmer stuff feels very Lynch. Sarah in the grocery store talks about, she says, men are coming. Now, of course, what does this all mean? And why her obsession with the jerky? Who knows? But I noted a few things. One is the symbol on the jerky has horns. It's supposed to be a cattle, I think. It's called albatross, the, ban the brand. You could take that as being some sort of uh, literary motif, uh, albatross being what's around the neck of the mariner in the Coleridge's poem. And ever since then, albatross has been shorthand for some sort of burden that you carry. And certainly Sarah carries a burden there. And of course, a lot of people have noted it's turkey jerky that sets her off. And Laura has that line about being lost like a turkey in the corn and the whole gobble gobble thing, which always makes people laugh, but has a serious underpinning to it, arguably. That being the trigger for... Sarah, maybe that's got some connection to Laura. It's worth noting, of course, the girl in the New Mexico sequence, when she says men are coming, makes us think of the woodsmen. Also, that girl's about 13 or 14, something like that, in 1956, and the jerky says since 1942, so... That's around the time that Grace Zabriskie was born. That's around the time that girl would have been born as well. And uh, later, when Hawk comes to the house and everything seems to have, she seems to have recovered somewhat, uh, there's a noise in the kitchen. Of course, Hawk asks about that. Something's in the kitchen. There's been all kinds of speculation about that. Is the boy trapped there who came? Because the scene goes out of its way to have the, the grocery uh, bagger say, oh, well, I, I know where she lives. She left her keys or something. Maybe I could go drop it off. And uh, then, you know, we don't see him again. We hear a noise in the kitchen. Uh-oh, did something happen? That may be reading too much into it. But if you take the sort of monster movie approach to it, 
That that seems uh, fairly plausible, I guess. There's an element to this scene that really just feels more psychological than mythological. It really feels more like a portrait of a lonely older woman with mental illness, a very common scenario, than it does of this supernatural presence coming to town and Sarah getting it. Of course, there's some overlap between that. I think it's worth stressing the amount to which this parallels a real-life situation in much the same way that Firewalk With Me presents what had previously been the sort of supernatural mythology is a very down-to-earth rooted domestic tra trauma and tragedy and I think Sarah carries that element with her in these scenes there's just a real resonance and relatability to it I think great Zabriskie the actress has a great interview with the podcast the gifted and the damned which I'll link below she reads a, a poem that she's written and she talks a lot about her own thoughts about the show well not sort of giving too much away and also saying she doesn't know in certain cases and she doesn't even need to or want to know what the answers are. But her feeling is that whatever Sarah's undergoing is something that arose more after Laura's death and that uh, she does actually need or want Hawk's help in this scene, but he, he can't quite get it and she's frustrated by that fact. She's very articulate in discussing this phenomenon that we're seeing with Sarah here and can't recommend it enough. That's it for this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also support this work on patreon.com slash Lost in the Movies. Tomorrow we look at Season 3, Part 12, in historical context. What's going on at the time that this episode came out in the summer of 2017 in the world around it. <laughs> <laughs>